the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Good morning, Cleveland, the best looking in the nation, home of the smartest, most industrious, innovative, strongest, fastest, and best looking people in America. This is the Bob France Authority. I'm not Bob France. I'm Pete Kirsten. Now, substituting for Bob, who once again has decided to court disaster by allowing me to host his program for two hours. From the best radio talk show in America to, well, uh, a personality who uh, likely should be someplace uh, other than on an FCC broadcast and putting the station's FCC license in serious jeopardy. Uh, those of you who are regular listeners know that I'm Bob's Tuesday 10 o'clock guest on a regular basis. I'm a lawyer in my day job. I'm also a member of the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights. I write for conservative publications and appear on Fox News programs, and I write thrilling, no- thrilling novels. I'm also the host of the Kirstenau Report. Um, admittedly, I have been derelict in my duties on the Kirstenau Report. I know that uh, some of you have emailed me saying, hey, where is it? Uh, as many of you noted, it hasn't been appearing for the last few months, and that's because I had to make a book deadline. I've actually got two books going, and I submitted my manuscript Monday, so I'm going to be resuming Kirstenau Report again. And um, we will be talking about a number of things today. We have two very stellar guests at the bottom of the hour. We'll be talking with Jay Christian Adams, who is, in my estimation and that of many other people, the premier election law expert in the nation. Right now, polling shows as well as the election results from a couple of weeks ago in Virginia and across the country that the Democrats are in for a bloodbath electorally next year. Uh, but polls don't mean a thing if we can't be assured of election integrity. And the manner in which so many jurisdictions 
have amended, changed, and sometimes unlawfully revised their election laws. That is, the appropriate authorities under statute have not been the ones to do it. It's been done in a kind of a ramshackle fashion, and it's been done in a way to open up the voting in ways that there is really no manner in which you can ascertain the integrity or who's voting. That's that's going to be a problem, and we've got to be insured of election integrity. Jay Christian Adams will talk to us about that. Then at 1010... We'll be talking about the vaccine mandate with Ryan Tucker from our friends at Alliance Defending Freedom. Is the mandate lawful? Bob and I have talked about that a little bit. I have my own perspective. Alliance Defending Freedom has represented individuals with respect to the mandate. It is now, as most of you know, on hold, or at least the administration of the mandate has been placed on hold by the Biden administration as there have been a number of lawsuits filed. They were consolidated consolidated in the Sixth Circuit and will be heard soon. Um, so those are our two guests. But in the meantime, we will have open lines, that is, before Christian Adams appears at 9.30 and after Ryan Tucker appears at 10.10. Now, what we've got is in terms of election integrity, we've got Biden is at 38% approval after only 10 months in office. He has had, at least from the media, the greatest honeymoon in history, but for perhaps Barack Obama, who had an eight-month honeymoon. The greatest mediocrity of the last 50 years had a honeymoon that lasted forever during his entire term. But Biden, despite having... 81%, according to the Media Research Center, which watches these things, 81% positive coverage from the media is at 38%. Contrast that with Donald Trump, who had only 15%, and I'd like to know where that came from, 15% positive coverage from the media, and he was still well over 50 by this time in his presidency. Now, The positive coverage that he got, think about this. It's not just that he got positive coverage and he's at 38%, but he's got positive coverage in the face of what I consider to be the greatest humiliation of America in history, at least in modern history, and that is the Afghanistan debacle. There's so many components to that that many of you clearly are familiar with. It's been discussed, at least on conservative TV. It's been trying to, uh, the major media has tried to, Got to sweep it under the rug, but we still have Americans left behind enemy lines. Astonishing, unforgivable, almost incomprehensible, and Biden's willing allies in the media have completely forgotten about it. It's fallen off the media radar screen. An extraordinary thing that Americans were left behind by their government, and they lied about it. Then we have immigration illegal immigration, that is, at record levels. We've never seen this kind of influx before. And what we know from Border Patrol is that we have got people on terror watch lists crossing the border who they've caught. Think about the ones they have not caught. We've got fentanyl coming across the border in record numbers and other drugs. And we've had a record increase in the number of deaths from fentanyl and other drugs. 100,000 people died last year. The Biden administration could not care less. They've left the border open, 
influx of people who are not tested for COVID. You've got to get a mandate to, to be vaccinated, but they are waved in and given free transportation to wherever they want, free housing to wherever they want. Inflation is at the highest level in 30 years. The supply chain crisis. We have a transportation secretary has nothing to do with transportation, knows not one thing about transportation, goes on a two-month paternity leave only six months on the job. And we have a transportation crisis, supply chain crisis, record crime increase in the face of the Democrats' call, insane call, to defund the police and also to install prosecutors who let murderers, murderers out on the street. Gas prices spiking. Four million people have dropped out of the workforce. Critical race theory. COVID. More people have died from COVID? during the Biden administration so far than did during the Trump administration last year. And that's what the Democrats and the media, but I repeat myself, ran on. The fact that Trump blew the the whole response to COVID. Trump expedited the manufacture of vaccines that all Biden's got to do is disseminate. And he even can't get that right. And he's got ridiculous mandates out there with no science behind it. Haiti. Don't forget this. We have 17 hostages held by Haitian gangsters. And what have you heard about it? We're over a month into it, and the media has just let it drop off their radar screen. Not even discussing it anymore. 17 Americans held by the greatest, most powerful country in the history of the world as Americans held hostage. And we don't know what the heck is going on. We've not heard a thing about it. I am hopeful that we've got... SEALs or Delta or someone plant planning something. That's why we haven't heard anything about it. But this is truly astonishing. If this were Trump, it would not even be tried. They would not dare attempt doing something like this. And if they dared, if they were that stupid, you better believe. Well, you know what would happen. Probably within a day and those hostages would be back with their families. And we've got cancel culture. We've got, I mean, it's just military wokeness. China on the ascendancy. Many People in uh, strategic uh, planning in the military believe that China is on the verge of overtaking us militarily, something we would consider almost inconceivable. We have been motoring along for the last 20 years after the, uh, or 30 years after the fall of the Soviet Union, thinking that, well, we got a peace dividend, you know, we are now uh, uh, in, in an era of unparalleled freedom and democracy and no, no, no. History has a way of reminding you that the world is a desperate and dangerous place, and we have to have the United States of America number one, or it will be a very dark place for a long time to come. One thing to think about in the face of all the debacles I've just mentioned, the serial debacles, which, again, in the first several months of a presidency have never been equaled, And this is all. You can draw a straight line from a Biden policy to these debacles. It's not as if these things have happened, just happened, and presidents have to handle them. That happens to every president. This guy has caused these debacles. So here we are. And what happens? Well, America has awakened because the Democrats don't have Donald Trump to kick around anymore because they can't simply say Trump, 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 Trump without addressing policy issues and coming up with useful and effective policy prescriptions, what has happened to the Democratic Party despite the 81% positive media coverage? And I think it's more than 81%. But just this week, the Washington Post issued a poll, their generic ballot poll. This is key. 
Remember this. This is very, very key. And it's from the Washington Post, not necessarily known to be very conservative in its approach, but on a generic congressional ballot, Republicans have a 10-point lead over Democrats. In other words, who would you vote for if the election was held today, a generic Republican or a generic Democrat? And Republicans have a 10-point lead. Rasmussen, coming out around the same time, has it at 13 points. Folks, this is astonishing. A couple of other data points. Overall, under Rasmussen, Republicans lead 51 to 38, but the GOP has a 22-point lead among independents. That's record-setting. It has a 30, the GOP is supported by 30% of blacks, whereas the GOP typically in a presidential election cycle gets anywhere from 8 to 11% of the black vote. At 30%, if it rises above 15%, Democrats are consigned to oblivion to the way of the Whig Party forever and ever and ever. But historically, now think about this in terms of the generic ballot issue. I just told you that under the Washington Post, let's, let's take that one, the Washington Post, which is the lower one, at 10 points. Republicans having a 10-point lead historically under these congressional uh, um, ballot polls, it, generic ballots, if Democrats do not have at least a four-point advantage, Republicans take over, take over the House and the Senate. They have to have a four-point advantage. The reason for that is Democrats are not as likely to turn out to vote, or they're, they're the folks who respond to the polls aren't as likely to turn out to vote as Republicans do. Now, there may be some difference there now because of what we've seen with the elections and what's going on there, but nonetheless, they've got to have four-point lead, Democrats do, in order to just you know tread water with Republicans. And right now, it's that 10-point lead for Republicans. Put this in perspective. You all remember the 1994 Republican takeover of Congress. For the first time in 40 years, Republicans were the majority in Congress in 1994. They got 54 seats that year. Think about that. They took over 54 seats. Guess where the generic ballot poll was then? It was tied. Tied, and Republicans took 54 seats. Fast forward to 2010, right after Obamacare. Remember that, 2010. That was an even bigger wave than 1994. 63 seats were taken by Republicans that year. The biggest gain by any party in 75 years. 64 seats, and yet that year, the generic ballot poll was also tied. So that's why you see Democrats on television running around like chickens with their head cut off because they've never seen polling data this abysmal for their party and justifiably so given everything I've just mentioned. It would be interesting to see if we had some Republicans in the next couple of months, and we've got a lot of very fine candidates for Senate here in Ohio, for example, established what happened in 1994, where I think Newt Gingrich very smartly came up with the contract with America and said, America, if you elect Republicans, here's what we will do, A, B, C, and D. Remember, we didn't know what Biden was going to do. All we knew was that he was not Donald Trump. That's all the media would let us do. When we saw Biden, when he came out of his little bunker, you know, he'd mumble a few words, go back in. 
but he never said specifically what he would do other than not be Donald Trump. So if I think, and I'd like to hear from some of you possibly, if we had a contract with America between Republicans, and it'd have to be a uh, a credible Republican. I'm not sure who that person would be right now. Many of you I know have problems with a lot of the folks of the Republican Party right now. Uh, we have people who don't appear to have the kind of spines necessary and that I think the rank and file are really looking for because we saw it from Donald Trump. But there's so many elements based on the litany of things I've just recited uh, a few minutes ago that need to be addressed immediately. Otherwise, we will not, you know, our friend Larry Elder has, has said very often, you know, we've got a country to save. And he's exactly right. We've never been at a precipice like this before. In terms of the internal divisions we've got and the direction in which we're going, I think it's imperative to have a contract with America. We're going to kind of slow down right here. I've got a lot to say, as you know. We'll try to get to a couple calls before we get to J. Christian Adams at the bottom of the hour. And uh, we've got a lot to go about. We've got a country to save, as Larry has to say. And we are going to do so in the next hour and 45 minutes. This is the Bob France Authority. Pete Kersenow, sitting in for Bob France. Download the free WHK mobile app and listen to your favorite WHK programs or podcasts on the go. It's free in your app store. If there's any doubt that the France Authority has the best producer in the world, it was laid to rest right there with the bumper music. By the way, it's not I want to take you higher and beat is getting stronger. It's Pete is getting stronger. We're going to be talking about a host of issues. We're talking about voter integrity. We're going to be talking about that with Jay Christian Adams at the bottom of the hour. We've got a lot of people who've called in. I hope I can get to some of your calls before the bottom of the hour. The first person on the line is Sally from Berea, who wants to talk about voter integrity. Sally, are you there? Yes, and hello, Peter. It's an honor to speak with you. It's an honor to speak I agree with, you. with you. I agree with you that we do need a contract with America, and I wanted your input on various ways individuals can promote election integrity so we do not have a repeat of 2020. We may still have a risk of some COVID issues with these variants and more mail-in ballots, which concerns me that we need to be very careful about that. And we should um, have been better prepared last time, but now, before election days are upon us, is the time to rally to hold our representatives accountable at all levels. Local election boards need to know that poll watchers will be monitoring the whole process Plus, state legislators need to firm up election standards, and members of Congress need to know that the public is determined to be vigilant. The status of our republic, as stated in the Pledge of Allegiance, is at stake of late. So I thank you for your informative presentations and welcome some pointers on how to make our peaceful voices heard in time to make a difference. 
Thanks again. Yeah, thank you, Sally. That's very important. You've recited some very important points. The legislatures in the states are responsible for election laws and the manner in which elections are conducted. And unfortunately, and we'll talk a little bit about this with Jay Christian Adams, uh, at the bottom of the hour, but unfortunately, in the 2020 election, we saw kind of by fiat, uh, various entities from the executive branch deciding that, well, we're going to have mail, mail-in ballots, reducing the standards for uh, election integrity all across the board, violating the law. And many of those lawsuits that were brought, for example, that were either dropped or dismissed had to do with that. Unfortunately, a lot of people think that they were dismissed because, you know, they failed on the merits. That is false. Again, the media, all of you know this. The people who listen to the France Authority know this. But I want to reiterate it because there is so much disinformation, a term the media and the Democrats, but I repeat myself, like to use on a regular basis about elections and what's going on. The fact of the matter is none of those cases were decided on the merits. They either voluntarily dismissed or dismissed on procedural grounds. Now, the one that I think infuriated many of us was when the Supreme Court declined to hear the case, uh, one of the cases. And, you know, we had uh, uh, dissents from Justice Alito and Justice uh, Thomas. But nonetheless, that was a year ago. Uh, I think it's it's important now to learn the lessons of what transpired there. And J. Christian Adams, who's going to be on, I remember in April, months and months and months before the election, in April of 2020, in a conversation with me, said, Pete, we've lost the election. I said, what are you talking about? The election is not for another you know, eight months or whatever it was back then. And he said, the Republicans have not done what's necessary to protect election integrity. He was citing all the things that Democrats were doing to make sure, if you read Molly Hemingway's book, Rigged, that there wasn't this this kind of lax in election, election integrity, where you had these uh, no kind of um, checks on uh, mail-in ballots, the kind of uh, expansiveness that many of them had engendered in jurisdictions that had no means by which you could really determine who voted, how they voted, anything like that. And we had debacles all over the place. This is an important thing to do. Contact your elected representatives. Really put the feet of Republicans to the fire. Look, it's in their best interest to make sure that we've got robust election protections. Um, I'll tell you what, if we have time... Let's go to Jim really fast, and then we've got to go to Jay Christian Adams. Jim, are you there? Loose lips. Uh, President Asterix said that his Bring Back Better plan wouldn't increase inflation. Well, there's two examples right here. CF Industries, that's Commercial Fertilizer Industries, makes their fertilizer with natural gas. They said that natural gas is going to increase many folds. And the agriculture... Uh, the agriculture producers, uh, the cost of producing our food is 39% price in, pest, in, in fertilizers and pesticides. So there's an increase there. Another one, the, the energy producers, the people that work on the lines, the people who work making power for us, if they lose their jobs because they don't want to take the profit jab, they're not going to be able to produce the amount of energy it takes. Yeah. And now they, what they want to do is make a car. So they're going to need more power, more energy. Yeah. So they're doing so many dumb things. I mean, really dumb things. It's really astonishing to watch what they're doing. Uh, Jim, we're at the bottom of the hour. 
Thanks much for your call. You know, call back again later and we can maybe resume the conversation if we've got enough time. But we're going to be going to Jay Christian Adams, talk about election integrity at the opposite side of this break. Pete Kirstenau, sitting for Bob France on the France Authority. And though I held sweet drank a thousand times, it's time to ramble on. Just because the president is incoherent doesn't mean you have to be. The Bob France Authority, keeping you politically coherent. At AM 1420, The Answer. Good morning, Cleveland. This is the Bob France Authority. Pete Kersenow substituting for Bob France. We've already addressed a couple of things with respect to voting integrity. And I'm very pleased to have the premier voting rights expert in the country with us today. He's a member of the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights, former member of the voting section of the Department of Justice, which is where I first encountered him years ago when he provided sterling testimony in the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights' hearing on the new Black Panther voter intimidation case. Many of you remember that. This is Jay Christian Adams, who's president of the Public Interest Legal Foundation. He litigates voting rights issues all over the country, voter ID, voter irregularity, um, and all manner of things. He, in my estimation, is the guy who you go to when you need answers with respect to voting law. Christian, how are you today? I'm doing great, Pete, and thank you for not prominently featuring my Civil Rights Commission job. I don't want to, I don't want to get anybody, I don't want to offend the staff at the Civil Rights Commission. <laughs> Christian bedevils virtually every leftist that he encounters, including those on the Civil Rights Commission. Uh, we both serve on the Civil Rights Commission, all of the non-commissioners, or virtually all the non-commissioners, are on the far left of the political spectrum, uh, but we have an entertaining time interacting with them. Christian, we've got a lot to talk about and a little bit of time to do it in, just a little bit, and I know you've got to get going, but our listeners regularly have concerns about voting integrity, ballot integrity issues, And one of the things, I know you're involved in a lot of litigation, but one of the most recent pieces of litigation that you're involved in has to do with voting integrity in the state of Michigan. And I know you and I have talked about this in the past, the need to make sure that voter rolls are clean, that uh, there isn't an opportunity for mistakes or fraud, in order to be sure that the kind of debacles we saw in the last election cycle don't happen again. Tell us a little bit about the lawsuit that the Public Interest Legal Foundation filed against the state of Michigan. Right, Pete. Voter integrity starts with clean voter rolls. Without clean voter rolls, you invite problems. And Michigan has had a huge problem. For the last couple of years, they've had tens of thousands of dead people on the active voter rolls. And my organization, the Public Interest Legal Foundation, we spend a great deal of time and money analyzing voter rolls to find these problems and then take them to state officials, right? We take the information of state officials. Unfortunately, in, in Michigan, the Secretary of State, Jocelyn Benson, we gave her the names of 26,000 dead people on the active rolls, and, and she just didn't clean them up. And this has gone over the course of a year and a half, many drives to Lansing, uh, and that's why we sued, because... 
There are people who died two decades ago, Pete. We have their gravestones in the complaint. We have their obituaries uh, from 20, 23 years ago, and they're still active on the voter rolls. Yeah. um, Did they give you any reason for why it is that they don't clean up their voter rolls? You know, not not really. It's more like a uh, we're doing everything correctly. It's the typical bureaucratic defensive posture where, oh, we've done everything we're supposed to do under federal law. We are in full compliance. Well, you know, the proof is in the pudding, Pete. And we've got this many dead people on the rolls. You know, like I said, many dead for decades. Uh, you don't understand. I can't understand why they wouldn't want to clean them up right away. The data's solid. Uh, it's just befuddling why they don't want to clean up the mess. Well, you know, that, I, you know, I, I think we have some suspicion as why they don't want to clean up the mess. And, you know, if you have voter rolls that contain a lot of people who are not eligible to vote, you combine that with other laxity in the voting process, such as no means or very loose means by which to establish the identity of those who are voting by absentee ballot, and you have a prescription for fraud. Isn't that right? Right, and that's what we saw when we did the same exercise in Pennsylvania. When we sued the state of Pennsylvania, we found not only lots and lots of dead voters, but we also found people registering, and this is what's really weird, Pete, they were registering after they died. (laughs) (laughs) I hope I'm that active after I die. And and at the time, I thought this might be some sort of uh, error, but in fact, we turned the data over to Pennsylvania, just like we did in Michigan, and they found people like Judith Presto, who was registering after she was dead, and it turns out her husband was arrested because he registered her after death and voted her after death. And you would think this is something that Michigan would care about because the same thing is happening in Michigan. You know, that's uh, puzzling to me because I keep hearing that there really is no concern with respect to voter fraud. That You mean somebody would actually take advantage of mistakes or irregularities in the voter rolls to actually cast a ballot to which they're not entitled? Yeah, well, this goes back to the, you know, the defensive crouch that these election officials have, you know, especially in Michigan where you have Jocelyn Benson, probably one of the most ideological secretaries of state in the country, uh, you know, a big fan of, of the Soros land uh, and part of the Secretary of State project to get far left-wing secretaries of state elected. And so I can, you know, they have this reflexive uh, uh, reactionary response to anybody talking about problems with the elections. So, you know, oh, it's the big lie. Uh, they don't want to hear it because they live in the land where nothing goes wrong. And that's unfortunate and that's not what should be happening. Now, a number of our listeners, and I know conservatives across the country, who aren't necessarily completely immersed in voter integrity, they were very, very concerned and alarmed when they watched on election night, November 2020, the vote tallies shift dramatically. I mean, just in, in ways that I had never seen in my entire life. Um, and they're concerned, and one of the places they saw it was in place like Michigan. Uh, and also Pennsylvania and other states of we know. But in Michigan especially, we saw, you know, Donald Trump ahead by, I don't know, I don't remember the exact totals, but, you know, 100,000. And then in a heartbeat, it seemed to switch. And there were a number of allegations about, you know, uh, ballots that couldn't 
there's no kind of chain of evidence to show whether or not somebody who voted absenteeism was actually entitled to vote. Is this a problem that you see throughout the country, or is it confined to certain jurisdictions? Yeah, certain states, like New Jersey went to all-mail, and it was so uh, poorly executed with fraud that they actually had a couple of local elections had to be redone because the mail ballots were infused with fraud. Nevada, we went to Nevada, and we went to uh, registered addresses that got automatic mail ballots in Nevada that that were vacant lots, that were abandoned mines, that were uh, casinos and liquor stores and head shops. We did a whole video. If you Google Public Interest Legal Foundation Nevada mail ballots, you'll see the video. And, you know, this is the problem with mail balloting, is the voter rolls are a mess. Voter rolls have dead people, duplicates, vacant lots. And when you switch to mail balloting like the frenzy was in 2020, and to a large extent in Michigan also, uh, you're going to have problems. And Jocelyn Benson, who is the Secretary of State of Michigan, is one of the leaders on the push to radically transform how we conduct our elections. Um, now, I've been led to believe that it is just conservative hysteria that alleges that there's voter fraud. I, I hear over and over again, and as a member of the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights for 20 years, I'm constantly being lectured that, uh, you know, there's no such thing as voter fraud, or to the extent it is, it's a, you know, case here, case there, maybe confined to sh- some precinct in Chicago. Um, you know, Molly Hemingway has written this book called Rigged that goes beyond voter fraud. It talks about, the, you know, the infusion of cash into the electoral process, private dollars, Zuck- Zuckerbucks. I know you told me about this well over a year ago, you raised the alarm that, you know, we had lost the election because the Republicans weren't vigilant about this. To what extent is there fraud in the election system? Well, look, it's hard to quantify, and I'll give you an example why. We just issued a report last week called Safe Harbor. Safe Harbor, you can get it at the publicinterestlegal.org uh, website. And what we did, Pete, is we harvested all of the election fraud referrals from county election offices, the people who know best whether or not a crime may have occurred, in Florida. And these referrals were made to the county prosecutors. There was over 140 of them in large counties in Florida. Non-citizen voting, double voting, voter impersonation. Do you know how many of those referrals were prosecuted? Zero. Not one in Florida. Now, don't tell me there wasn't one credible case in there. These weren't like Tea Party activists making these referrals. These were the election officials making the referrals. So the problem, Pete, is that it doesn't get prosecuted like it should. Uh, people are cowards to bring the cases. And then all of your critics that you're referring to say, look, Pete, there's no voter fraud. Well, you know what? There is. And you could go to the Heritage Foundation database where there's thousands of convictions listed in the database. Yeah, and I know uh, you and Hans von Spakovsky have been on top of this, and it's just depressing to think that we don't have hundreds of other conservatives on this issue. This is as big as it gets, because right now we've seen, let's just say that, um, let's concede that the guy who currently occupies the White House won fair, a free and fair election. One of the problems is that we've got half the population that is at least unsure that's a free and fair election, and that augurs poorly for the life of a democracy when people aren't sure that their ballot 
is counted, their ballot means something, or that the process is not rigged. Um, in terms of uh, Florida, for example, well, uh, uh, there's, there's a number of states that come into this. We have um, secretaries of state who received, and, and other election organs that received large amounts of money from, among others, Zuckerberg. What, what was that for? Do you know what, what all those funds were directed toward? Yeah, and it wasn't just large amounts. It was half a billion, and that's a B, not an M. And it, in the old days, we called these bribes, right? If I were to give money to the sheriff and say, here's $100,000, uh, by the way, I want you to change how you run radar on my way to work, we would call that a bribe. But nowadays, apparently, you can give half a billion dollars, Zuckerberg money uh, and other organizations gave to election offices, County election offices, Cuyahoga County got money, Hamilton County got money. All these county election offices got money to change the way they run elections. It was private money from the Facebook billionaire founder to slacken the rule, to do things, to crank up urban turnout, to change the rules of the game, to buy radio ads, Pete. In Philadelphia, the money was used to buy radio ads on Hispanic and urban radio urging people to vote. And so, yeah, there's nothing wrong with urging people to vote, but look at how you're doing it. You're doing it in a way that has a partisan benefit. And that's what happened in 2020 more than anything else. Christian, one last question before we let you go. I know you're very busy. Um, Is there anything, is there one action item for the ordinary citizen that they could take to increase election integrity in the coming election? Yes, and they can get paid for it. What the problem is, that we need lots of good citizens to be poll officials. That's not, a, that's not a poll observer. There's a difference. A poll observer complains to a poll official about something they see. The county election offices are desperate for people to work in the polls on election day, get paid, but you become the power. You become the people making the decisions. And heretofore, it's almost always been the unions and the Democrat activists who have manned these jobs. If you sign up to be a poll official, you will be in charge of the election. So that's what you could be doing is sign up as a poll official with your county election office. Outstanding advice from J. Christian Adams. Everybody, please do something to ensure election integrity, which is paramount in the coming election. We have a 10 to 13 point lead in the congressional ballot right now, which augurs a tsunami for Republicans and or conservative candidates. But it won't mean anything if we don't adhere to J. Christian Adams prescription for making sure we've got election integrity. This is the Bob France Authority. Pete Kirsten now sitting in for Bob France. We'll be back at the opposite side of this break. And TJ, hold on. We're going to be talking to you. And then at the top of the hour, we're going to be talking to Ryan Tucker of the Alliance Defending Freedom regarding the vaccine mandate.
France Authority, here on AM 1420. The answer. Time has come today. This is the Bob France Authority. Pete Kirsten out sitting for Bob France. We've been talking about all manner of issues. We just got off the line with Jay Christian Adams of the Public Interest Legal Foundation talking about voter integrity. But now we've got TJ, who's been holding for quite some time, and I wanted to get to him, to talk about the Rittenhouse matter. TJ, how are you? Uh, pretty good, and welcome back, Peter. Uh, you know, I can relate to this uh, Rittenhouse. You know, he's a young ideologue. I was a young ideologue at one time when I was a young soldier. And I believed it was my honor, my duty to protect the unprotected, defend the defenseless, and come to the aid of people that were endangered. And, you know, Peter, I lived my life with that mantra mostly, but I'm changing now. After what I'm watching, what's happening in leftist, woke America, if I witness somebody that needs my help desperately in a, in a bad situation, I'm going to tell you, Peter, I'm walking away. And that's a sad eulogy in a country where you have rising crime, reduced police, when the citizens make the decision to walk away because they want to be dragged in the court, uh, threatened by mobs and everything, by doing the right and the honorable thing. We're in big trouble, Peter. Uh, TJ, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, it's distressing to hear patriots such as yourself, uh, yourself say these things, but I've been hearing it for more, for more and more patriots who otherwise would have been involved in protecting their fellow citizens and the United States of America. But if you do so, you get bludgeoned. Look at what's happening to parents, for example, who are just voicing dissatisfaction with respect to the manner in which their kids are being instructed or not instructed, and they get put on a terrorist watch list by the Department of Justice. Then we've got these various jurisdictions defunding the police. Let's take, for example, Kenosha. Kyle Rittenhouse would not have had any impetus to go to Kenosha if the people to whom we pay our tax dollars did their fundamental jobs. The fundamental job I need from my government is police, fire, please pick up the trash, maybe water and sewer, all these other things we're paying taxes for we don't need. We don't need this stuff, and they've got all these, you know, let's, let's get rid of racist trees or plant some trees in, our, in an equitable fashion. I'm not paying tax dollars for that. Yet in Kenosha, the mayor stood down. The governor stood down or stood down his security forces. And so you had rampant lawlessness, businesses being burned down, businesses that lawful, hardworking Americans had built with their own two hands. They're being burned, not being protected after they've been paying taxes. Why? Are we paying taxes? And now we've got this doddering individual in the White House, let's go Brandon, who is out there. First of all, he besmirches ordinary Americans, pretty much saying, well, you know, kind of, you're, you're all racist if you don't agree with me, because that's the only thing they've got. But he's about to compound all the mistakes he's made, and they are legion in the first 10 months, that have contributed to this rampant inflation, 30-year high, more than 30-year high, and he wants to spend trillions more, and inanely, moronically says, well, this is going to bring down inflation. Folks, we are in the fight of our lives here in the United States of America. No exaggeration. It's never been this bad before. When Americans are being told 
do not protect your country, if you protect your country, guess what? We're going to leave you behind, and we don't care. No one's going to pay any attention to you. We're not even going to make an attempt to get you. And when private individuals attempt to get you out of those circumstances, we're going to put every impediment at our disposal in front of you so you can't do so. Then we're going to privilege illegal aliens, bring them in, and treat them as if they are kings and queens. We're going to forget hostages in, in, in Haiti. We're not going to protect ordinary law-abiding citizens, and we're going to dispirit people like TJ and other Americans who would otherwise be performing the duties that they pay the government to perform. Unforgivable. This is the Bob France Authority. Pete Kirsten out sitting for Bob France. And at the top of the hour, we're going to be talking to Ryan Tucker of Alliance Defending Freedom about the vaccine mandate. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.